1960, 17 new countries joined the United Nations. 16 of those were from Africa. And it became extremely apparent that to be inclusive to all the new member states, that we had to meet the needs and the new challenges that these countries brought the organization. Hello, this is the weekly Tradecast, a podcast brought to you by UNCTAD, the UN's trade and development body. I'm Sarah Toms. We're exploring how major events are shaping trade and development and how that affects billions of people around the world. This week, we're taking a step back in time by looking at the history of the United Nations and also how UNCTAD, the UN's trade body, was formed. After the First World War, the League of Nations was created in Geneva as the first intergovernmental organization set up to maintain world peace. The Second World War was its undoing, but the ideals of the League of Nations remained as the United Nations evolved into the forum for countries to work together towards common goals. As the European headquarters of the UN celebrates 100 years of multilateralism, all the documents from the League of Nations have been made digitally available and are now open to the public for the very first time. To give us a virtual tour and tell us more about the history of the UN and UNCTAD is Danielle Hughes, Chief of the Records Management Unit. Danielle started her career as an archivist for a women's religious group and worked in government before joining the UN with the International Criminal Tribunal. Well, welcome for joining us today, Danielle. Thank you. So tell me, how and why was the League of Nations set up? And why Geneva, especially in these beautiful grounds, and for anyone listening, we have parading peacocks, beehives, and a beautiful view of Lake Geneva and the mountains. So we're very privileged to be here. But tell me, why here? So Geneva was chosen because of several reasons. Um, it was the center of Europe, geographically. It was also a country that was neutral during the First World War. And it was already the headquarters of ICRC, so the international community already knew about Geneva. The Palais des Nations, where we currently are, it was not originally supposed to be here mm -hmm. in Ariana Park. It had originally been designated for along the Lake Geneva shoreline in what is now uh, Parc Montrepos. And it was after a donation from the Rockefellers, from John... Rockefeller Jr. in 1927 to build a library for the League of Nations that the concept of the, the buildings became too big and they had to find alternate space for it. And with an agreement of the Swiss government, it was Ariana Park that was chosen to accommodate the, the buildings for the League of Nations. Wow. Okay. Well, the Second World War, of course, happened in spite of the League of Nations. So why did it fail? And what were the lessons that were learned? I think that's an extremely broad question. But I think Churchill said, probably said it best. And he said that the League did not fail because of its principles or because of its conceptions, but it failed because those principles were deserted by those states which brought it into being. It was through the sort of the lack of political support of member states for the League of Nations that uh, assisted with its, its downfall at the time. Take us through the evolution 
of the United Nations. And how did we get where we are now? Because it's a different kind of organization, isn't it? Very true. The League of Nations. It's important to note that the UN built on what the League of Nations did and did not Mm. do. Uh, We could say it learned from its lessons. There continues to be some similarities between the two organizations. The UN took over, uh, let's say, the technical aspects of the League of Nations. We can see that with the WHO, who took over health, with UNESCO, who took over uh, intellectual cooperation. We can also see it when dealing with narcotics, because the International Narcotics Control Board is a direct link from the League of Nations. The structure within the UN... mirrors a little bit the structure within the League of Nations. We have a secretariat that is made up of international staff members. We've got an assembly and we have a council. So at the backbone of the UN mirrors the backbone of the League of Nations. Tell me a little bit about the archives. What are some of the more unusual or surprising details in the archives and who's accessing them? So uh, here at the Palais, we have over 15 linear kilometers of uh, UN records and archives. 15. 15 (laughs) linear kilometers. They are spread out in 21 different repositories uh, from end to end of the building. No wonder we need the space. (laughs) No wonder we needed the space, yes. And the researchers who are using the records, both League of Nations archives as well as UN archives, are academics, are people doing uh, general history about organizations. They are staff members who are doing research and for evidence-based practices, students who are coming to do master's thesis and PhDs. It's a wide variety of clients that, that we serve. The archives is a treasure trove of information, and it is just waiting to be discovered by researchers who come in and, and look at, at the records. One of the more interesting or unusual pieces that is currently uh, on display in our museum at the moment was a letter of request. Um, I believe it's from Granada requesting the creation of an organization to uh, monitor and to uh, look into UFOs and other phenomena. (laughs) So, (laughs) and then we also have it discovered that uh, Onctad could have possibly been placed in Rome as opposed to Geneva in the 1960s. Really? And, and the discussion behind that and why Geneva was chosen over Rome. So the archives are full of fascinating information. Just needs people to go in and, and delve through the 15 linear kilometers. <laughs> <laughs> now, Onctad was born in 1964. Why was there a need to set it up as a separate agency to support the trade and development issues of developing countries? So the decolonization process, it gives us a good explanation to why UNCTAD was needed at the time. In 1960, 17 new countries joined the United Nations. Mm. 16 of those were from Africa. And it became extremely uh, apparent that to be inclusive to all the new member states, that the we had to meet the needs and the new challenges that these countries brought the organization. And this was especially apparent in the field of trade. And UNCTAD was established to be able to sort of facilitate that need from the new member states. How would you say the UN in Geneva has changed over time? 
Geneva has constantly evolved over time. So the organizations have been created here. At the moment, there are over 20 international organizations in Geneva that are connected Mm -hmm. with the UN. Some of them have gone. Some of them have been closed down. An example of an organization that left Geneva is the International Narcotics Control Board. They moved to Vienna. Organizations that were created and are no longer in existence is the UNCC, the United Nations Compensation Commission, as well as the United Nations Office on Sports for Development and Peace. And that is an organization that is also no longer here. Geneva's played an important part in the UN system, and it constantly has to, or it is constantly adapting with the needs of of the international community and the world. Now, as the UN celebrates 100 years of multilateralism, how would you say that connects with the geopolitical tensions and economic crises that are hitting the world now? I think the archives show that uh, the tensions and the crises have continuously been mm-hmm. there. And a great lesson that the crises can show us is that the dialogue and the multilateral cooperation that happens in Geneva is often one of the only ways to find a solution. It's one of the multilateralism and the history of multilateralism is one of the greatest connections that we have. Thank you so much, Danielle. That was such an interesting conversation. So that was the UN's Danielle Hughes, who is this week's guest. Tune into the weekly Tradecast next week and every week for more insights on the most pressing issues around the world of trade and development. And there's even more on our website, unctad.org. I'm Sarah Toms in Geneva. Goodbye for now. <laughs>